Um, we, 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 we going deep and fast then. We're going deep and fast, yes. All right, let's do this. Okay, so um, uh, today we have a guest, part of our single mom's perspective, and uh, we are trying to uh, get to know her as uh, well as we can, and we hope um, you guys get to know her well also, right? But before we do that, uh, Clark, how was your week? My week was good, man. You, you know me, always running, always in the middle of something. Like, I'm literally still dressed for work as uh, we're beginning to record. So, you know, for those of you who do occasionally get the video, I'm, I'm sure you look at me like, what the hell is going on? Where, where, where's his dirty daddy cap and his, and his sweatshirts? Um, but, yeah, sometimes I do dress up like a grown-up. So, for this particular interview, though, Clark, we are not gonna do video. We're not posting video. Um, what the yeah, one time I dressed up? And and you are going to find. I think I have a feeling as to why we're not doing video. Although I I do not understand it myself. She could explain it herself, right? But uh, uh, your week was good. My week was good. I can't complain, man. No, no, nothing dramatic. Nothing you know insane. Run of the mill daddying. How about you? What'd you get into? Um, so my week was good, and today, I'm just going to say really quickly, was a really good day because um, I dropped my kid off at preschool, and then I do my normal thing, which is I go and get myself a coffee, I go and get myself a bagel, uh, cinnamon raisin bagel, extra butter. and Such a New Yorker. Yeah, such a New Yorker, right? <laughs> and then um, I sit in the car, and I do some brainstorming before I go upstairs and get back to work, right, because I work from home a lot. And um, while I'm sitting in the car, I see a group of little toddlers come walking up the block, all in line, right? Uh -huh. There's about, you know, looks like about, about 30 of them, but it couldn't like be- the little duck ready. line. Yeah, but it couldn't be in a duck, they're holding hands. And, all. and I said, is that my kid's school over there? So I zoom around the corner, I go to the other corner and I sit and wait, and sure enough, here these little toddlers come walking up the block holding hands, right? And my kid is at the front of the line and he's holding hands and he's behaving himself at three and a half years old. And you know what I said to myself? That is the kid that my parents wanted and deserved. And they got the wrong one. <laughs> they got the wrong one messing around with me, right? Oh my God. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I laugh at that because my kids are always very well behaved in public. It's when they're at home, they act like animals. So that, that's what you want. You, you want the kid who behaves in, you know, in the street and is a problem for you versus being a problem for anybody else. I'll take yes. that trade off. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, so um, our guest today, so is it Miss? Is it Ms? How would you like me to say? Hmm, I just say Nefertiri, Nefertiri Plessy. Okay, so Nefertiri yeah. Plessy. Right? Yes. And I'm going to tell you that I got Nefertiti wrong so many times, and I'm pretty sure you hear that all the time. <laughs> Am I correct? Definitely. I hear that a lot. Or people just get confused. They're like, well, which one is it? Right. Okay. So it's Nefertiri Plessy. Uh, yes. Nefertiri Plessy is the, one of the founders or the founder or the co-founder of Single Moms Planet. Am I correct? Yes, I'm the founder of Single Moms Planet, and I also have a co-founder. Her name is Cole Patterson. Okay, and um, before you get into, you know, who you are and what you do, um, the other question I had is about the name Plessy, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a famous case in history, Plessy v. Ferguson. Are yes, you a descendant at all? I am. <laughs> I am, wow. definitely. Yes. We are sitting here in the, in the face of royalty. This is true. Two times. Two, two, two you heard it, Clark, right? You heard well, it, right? Two times. You heard it, you heard it right? <laughs> two times. So um, just for anybody who doesn't know, tell them what Plessy v. Ferguson was. So it is a, the, the very first case, actually, that was brought to the Supreme Court that establishes um, everything that we experience a lot of what we experience now as far as segregation. It was uh, separate 
but I, I, some people say equal or not equal. <laughs> it was uh, it, it was really one of those things that it was the first case that allowed us to have law around how we were going to be uh, segregated and integrated as African Americans in the United States of America. And so all of the cases that you have, it's in all the law books. Um, there's tons of monuments and there's a street named after my ancestor as well. And so, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a history making case, Plessy versus Ferguson. And this person was your great, I'm going to assume three greats, am I correct? Yes, it was three greats and it would be a cousin. Three great cousins. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yes, so, yes. Um, so you were married before, and you'll get to telling us who you are and what you do. But if you were ever married again, are you always going to hyphenate your name? I would definitely hyphenate my name. Okay. For sure. With that said, uh, oh, go ahead, Clark. You want to ask? Go ahead. So the founding question, how the fuck did you get here? How did I get here? Wow, wow. So I, um, my mom actually raised me as a single mom. Mm -hmm. And so... That was originally why I started the organization Single Moms Planet. Um, combined with the fact that I got married, I was divorced, and we have two little boys together. You know, that's an interesting question. I think you get here, or I got here from so many different facets. Um, you know, definitely probably just being immature, not having enough uh, communication skill, um, not really knowing what to how to really meet my husband where he needed to be met at that time during certain situations and circumstances. And, um, you know, just really also, I think, you know, having just the skill set of, of, of just what is a marriage, you know, how to make a marriage work and just knowing that it is a daily walk and it's a daily choice and everything doesn't necessarily look the way you want it to look, you know, and that, but that doesn't mean that something is, wrong here or that you need to find the closest exit door. Um, sometimes I think I wish that we would have sought continuous counseling or some type of support around our marriage um, from day one. I'm a big believer in that. I think we get coached and we get, um, you know, input in a lot of areas in life and relationships is something that we typically tend to put out the, try to, we wait until there is a fire to be put out before. And so I think that we need to really just kind of look at, let's not start a fire. Let's just have continuous, harmonious relationship. Let's build and develop and grow. And let's have support around our relationship that is supportive of our success. And so I think I, I got here from my point of view, you know, I can mostly just look at myself. Um, my ex and I have a really dope relationship now. And, God uh, bless you. God bless you. We do. We do. But it, that takes time and it takes maturity. It takes not looking at what the other person did and looking at, you know, myself. I, there's nothing I can really do to try to fix him. You know, it's really about what did I bring to the table? I can't, I, it's really even hard for me to try to figure out what did he do? Because I, I, at some point I didn't even focus on him. I focused on myself because that's the only thing I really have control over. And so you know, I got here the way I got here, but I'm blessed, you know, I'm blessed and I'm excited to be here today as well. Uh, how old were you when you originally got married or when you first got married? When we got married, I was 26 years old. And you guys had children already or you got No, children? we didn't. Yeah, we had our little ones after we got married. So, so you did it the traditional way. You did it the traditional way. We did it the traditional way. Okay. Yes, we did. And how long after you had your children um, did you guys get divorced? We were together for five years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like me. Mm -hmm. Just like yeah. me. That's about, that's about as long as we lasted married, was just before five years. Um, you know, and, and just hearing you describe your situation, where you were and where you ultimately are now, you have a very good idea of how much of your life is in your own hands. So it's really interesting to hear somebody share their perspective of going through a divorce and saying like, okay, there was a one part where you named anything that your, your, your ex-husband did in terms of leading up to divorce. You just covered your part in, in it. So it, 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 for me, that's fascinating. Uh oh, I need, yeah. I need to get there. I'm, I'm trying to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Start asking me what's going on over here. 
And she probably, I probably name her 15, 20 times before I get to it. You know what? It's so much peace when I stop putting my focus on him and I put my focus on what I was bringing to the table and what I want to bring to the table. That's all I got. I, I can't, I can't dictate how he sees life or what he does. The moment that I do that, I take myself away from my own peace. So I very recently said to myself, I'm tired of arguing. It's, it's so much mm -hmm. easier to not argue. So yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, you are uh, the founder of uh, Single Moms Planet. Why don't you tell us what Single Moms Planet is? Single Moms Planet is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We actually are located in Santa Monica, California, and we assist single mothers and children nationwide. Um, we are focused on financial empowerment in the single parent household to erase any trace of economic, just, just anyone just going through economic destruction. You know, a lot of times we just don't know what's going on in our bills. We don't know what's in our bank account. We don't know how to balance our checkbook properly. We don't really know what's going on. And that just leads us down a road of, you know, uh, mental illness a lot of times. A lot of, a lot of single parents go through depression. They are malnutrition. They're not eating properly. They're not feeding their kids properly. And a lot of that really does just come from not being financially equipped. Um, and it doesn't mean they don't have the financial well-being at times. They just don't know how to really manage their money properly. And so that's where we really are bridging the gap and stepping in as an organization. And how did you, go ahead, Clark. I was just saying, so the supports that you provide are primarily from a financial standpoint, whether it be education or is there you know, stipends and so forth and grants too, or is it primarily through an educational standpoint? Primarily through education. We do have single mom grants. Um, those grants are typically set aside only for moms that are continuing their education. So okay. we would pay- So like a scholarship fund? We pay those scholarships, yeah. We would pay the school directly. So if that mom is going through a nursing program or some type of um, continuing education program, then we step in. We don't give anyone anything. Um, everything that we have in our reach is something that the single mother is either going to earn through her consistency within the organization. She's going to, you know, either volunteer or participate in some way, you know, and we really want to make sure that she gets that her life is in her own hands. You know, we really, you know, stay away from um, moms or anyone who is just looking for us to you know, help subsidize them because we are not in a position to do that. And even if we were, I don't really think that's the way that we would operate as an organization. So, you so to, I'm sorry, go ahead, Clark. I was just saying, so even that, once again, hearing how you speak and how you put your message forward, it's that locus of control that you found within yourself. You're also teaching people to develop that locus of control. You know, your Most education definitely. is in your hands. Your financial destiny is in your hands. And we're going to give you the tools, but you've got to do the building yourself. You got to do the building yourself. And we're going to put you around dope women and dope men that will show you the way if that is what you are looking for, if you're looking for that extra help or that extra assistance. So we're definitely there to fill in that gap for sure. And have you ever had somebody come to you just looking to be given something? And how do you communicate to them? I mean, I know you communicated it to us, you know, but we're here for it. Somebody comes to you saying, hey, but I need so-and-so. Sometimes they ain't interested in hearing that high-level conversation. How do you communicate to them that that's not what you're about? Well, we definitely do an, an assessment of the mom. And so when she, if, she, if someone calls us, especially someone who's out of the blue that we do not know, um, we will say, okay, great. Let's set aside 15 minutes. Let's do an assessment. And we just figure out what's going on with them. And sometimes they, they allow the coaching right on the spot. And sometimes we just got to tell them we don't really, you know, it doesn't sound like we, we want you to be ready for what we have to offer, but you may not be. And so we'll send them over to our resource page that does have different resources that they can tap into that may just, you know, help them kind of bridge the gap of where they are, maybe pay an emergency bill, or they might need help with a location to stay, or they may even be trying to flee somewhere, you know, like a, they need to be hidden from a spouse that may be abusive to them. Yes. So we have resource partners that do that type of work, but that's just not what we do as an organization. But that's also you helping them and meeting them where they are to, we meet, to get them where they need to be so you can help. 
Exactly. So we do have resources that meet them where they are. And then we stay true to who we are as an organization. And we even say, hey, we have moms that contact us. Let's say they contact us in July. And they're like, you know what? I love what you're saying. I'm not ready for what you guys have to offer. And they'll give us a call in November. You know, they'll give us a call when they're ready. They say, hey, you know what? Those resources really helped. Or that communication that you gave me for those two or three phone calls really helped. We've had moms, you know, go back to school, get their kids back, um, you know, buy housing, go back, you know, I mean, just the, the, the it goes on and on. I, we've had moms that purchase houses for other moms and they're all living together, you know, so we have a lot of great success stories, but we are more of a, I would call us like a tough love organization. And we, um, we attract really dynamic business women to the organization and businessmen as well that want to really help the moms get on their own feet so they can make their own way. And, and how did you start this organization? Like day one, what happened? You were lying in the bed <laughs> and you said, you know, enough of this bullshit. Let's try this. How did it start? Well, it started with that I did, could not take a shower and keep my children alive at the same time. And I was like, how do you do that? How do, how do you... <laughs> You know, I was going from, you know, my, my ex-husband was, was living, you know, we're all living together as a family. And the next thing you know, you know, I'm in the home by myself. I have a, 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 a three-year-old and I have like a, almost a newborn baby because we, when we broke up, my little one, he was barely, you know, he was under a year old. And so I was like, okay, I'm about to strap him in the car seat. I'm going to put this one in front of the television. You know, I'm going to hop in the shower really quick, you know, just even trying to go to the grocery store or just the basic necessities of life. They just became really like an event, you know, just going to the store was an event where I was used to just saying, hey, babe, I got to go to the store. I'll be right back. And he's there with the kids. Well, that wasn't my life anymore. And I knew it and it was the reality of it. And so I was like, I need to get some support around me. How do I still working at the time? No, I was not working at the time. Okay. No, I was not. And so I wanted to get back to work, but I also didn't want to do it too quickly. And I wanted to make sure that whatever employment I did have or whatever career I wanted to go into, it went with me wanting to also be present as a mother. Because that was, for me at that time, that was like my number one goal was to just to make sure I was there as much as I could for my kids. So I, I just... I just, I created the organization mostly because I felt like I didn't know what the hell I was doing half the time. You know, I was emotional. I was crying. I was sad. I was depressed. I was, you know, confused, you know, just really didn't have any direction. My mom, um, who I mentioned earlier, she, she raised me as a single mom. She didn't have any support from my father. And so when I would talk to her, she was just like, get over it, move on, you know, just keep tough pushing, love, tough you know, love. it was really tough. And, and I wasn't ready for that much of a punch. You know, I was like, hold up, give me a hug first, you know, <laughs> like you need to keep it pushing. And so I was like, I started reaching out to other women in my network and little did I know a lot of the women, they either were teen moms at some point, their daughters were adults or their sons were adults, or they had you know, um, were a mom, at, a single mom at one point had gotten remarried and they had a new family. And so a lot of women that I didn't even know in my network were actually had experienced a single mother experience. And so I was like, wow, I, I was like, people need to know this information. You know, people need to know this data. Um, mostly why I wanted to share the data was because I noticed a lot of single moms end up bitter. They end up, um, in a state of worrying about what their ex is doing instead of focusing in a healthy way on what they're doing, not in a way of like, I'm going to show him or I'm going to get back at him with what I do with my life, but really living the life they want to live from a clean slate of who they want to be in the future. Men do that too. Don't, don't think it's just women doing that. Men oh, I'm that sure. Too. I'm sure. But there's one thing that I try not to do again. I stay in my lane. So my goal is to really make sure that single mothers are healthy, whole, and complete. And I know that more so because of my own personal experience, I can immediately identify things. Now with the single father, we have a lot of single dads in our network actually, and we do a lot of co-parenting support as well. And I even coach fathers and I coach moms and I bring them together and they go, wow, what did you say to her? What did you say to him? And so 
you know, it's really important that I don't, I don't try to pretend that I know everything that's going on with, in, with the father. You know, I lean on my ex-husband 90% of my day to make sure that I am parenting to raise men, right? Like that's something that I know that they were birthed through me, but I lean on their dad to help make sure that they're developing into strong, healthy men. Even though we're not together, I still lean on him as the head of our household, right? He's the head of our family. Even if I have another man in my life, he is still the head of our household as far as our boys are concerned. My ex-husband, those are his sons, period. And he's very clear about that as well, right? And so I, I advocate for male presence, especially when it's positive, even if it's the father or an uncle or a family friend. Um, I think that that is so, it's really needed. And I think that there is it's nothing like mama, but there's nothing like a father too. So um, uh, you just said something that was amazing, and uh, I'm going to circle back on that in a second. But so you you, you can't take a shower, right? No. Nope. Um, you you <laughs> open up your laptop and you do what? You you do what physically? I to open up. My, I open first. So be, before that, the first thing I did was open up my phone and I called people who I who, that I knew who had money that could help me fund Single Moms Planet because I knew that what I wanted to do was gonna cost money. And the idea and the concept that I had was I wanted to have a Single Moms Brunch and I wanted to have healing in the space. So we had teenagers were allowed to be there. We had kids under uh, probably, I think about 10 years old and under they had to be separated. And we let the teenagers share how they felt about the father that lives two blocks away from them but won't come and see him. You know, we shared, you know, moms got to share stories. I had coaches on the spot doing roundtable coaching at each table and having moms really come up with solutions for the single mother plight and the things that they needed to do to even go internally and just heal. You know, a lot of it is just, it's almost like old emotion. You know, sometimes things that are happening 10 years out that they're still triggered by and they're not really moving forward. And so I really wanted to just get that healing out on the table. We had fun. Moms laughed. They cried. And after four hours, nobody wanted to go home. And I was like, well, we don't really have anything else to say. And everybody's laughing. They're like, well, when's the next thing? I'm like, there is no next thing. You know, I'm just doing this. And so that's really how it was birthed. It was birthed out of the community, the community need, and just really figuring out. We did a questionnaire on the spot as well and had them figure out and, and write out what did they think the single mother community needed. And a lot of them talked about discipline. I think that was the number one thing, you know, how to discipline their sons, mostly, especially, you know, for the women who had little boys, you know, how do I discipline him in a way without, you know, taking away his masculinity, you know, taking away his leadership, um, and also just not conditioning him for a, a holler, a yell, and a scream. You know, I don't want him to attract that type of relationship when he becomes a young man. And so, you know, that's one of the topics that we definitely talk about, you know, not baby boying him too much, but also showing him love, but also allowing him to be a leader and, and grow up to be a strong man at the same time. And so that was really where we started with the organization. And even in that event, we had men you know, as counselors on the spot. You know, that's always been a presence as far as what we do in the organization. And how long ago was that? This was, uh, we're going to be going on our sixth year. Six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2020, it'll be six years. So we're five years in right now. And what is a bunch of the stuff that you have done after the brunch? What are the bunch of the other events you've done since then? Wow, we've, we've done a lot of things. Um, we've had a series called Mastermind Brunches, where we have moms that um, are in the business sector and they want to continue to develop their companies or get investors or just work out their social media, how to market their business. And so we have concentrated events that are small group. The first event that we had, it was 100 moms there. And so this, these are more intimate, like 12, 15, no more than 20. And we really dig in. And we also do camping trips every year for the single moms. We do that with, in partnership with the Boy Scouts of America. 
and the moms and the kids, they go on the camping trip together. Um, we take uh, anywhere between 75 to 100 single moms and kids to Catalina Island, and we charter a boat over there. And it's just really an amazing experience. The kids get to go paddle boarding, kayaking, sailing, um, rowboating. They get to snorkel, um, shoot bows and arrows and crossbow. I mean, it's really amazing. Um, another thing that we do is our biggest event is the Single Moms Awards. And that is an event where we honor dynamic women. And we also honor businesses that support the single mother community. And that event has, will be in its sixth year as well. And so we really highlight the mother and, and who she is as a mother and then also who she is as a businesswoman. And your co-founder, um, how yeah. did you guys meet? Oh my goodness. <laughs> we met years ago. Um, actually, she is a, a celebrity makeup artist. And I was a, I'm still a model and I model uh, to this day, but I met so, her. So, so now I'm going to tell everybody why uh, I think Nefertiri didn't want us uh, broadcasting any video because she's a model and she's going to make sure y'all see her when y'all supposed to see her. I'm listen, am I right? I know. I, w I wasn't prepped for the, the on-camera interview. I was like, I thought it was a podcast. I was right. like, okay. But not, not like you need much more prep. I, I'm, good. I'm just She's saying. Good. She's good. I'm She's good. good. So go ahead. She was a makeup artist. You guys were working together. Yeah. And, you know, we stayed in touch over the years, but the cr crazy enough, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years later, she ends up uh, getting married. She has two kids. Um, I end up doing the same thing, getting married, having two kids. And then I started going through a divorce and then she ended up going through a divorce after I did. And we really, our stories just started to parallel. And we were like, we need to do something in the single parent community. And she was also a teen mom. So she really um, has a interesting dynamic as well, as far as being a working mom. Um, she travels a lot and just really having that balance of, you know, working and um, she's, she's really a, an amazing person. I really respect her a lot. She's really like a sister to me. And we came up with that organization and we also started a men's skincare line to, together called Cold Skincare for Men because she's a, a skincare specialist in the male sector. And so, um, you know, we're all about business. We're all about, you know, really uplifting women and men. Okay. Um, yeah. You said you're a national organization, right? You do national work. Tell us what you mean by that. Like, what is, the, what is your geographic reach? So we have, our organization is in Miami. We're in Oakland, California. We're in uh, Colorado. We're in Seattle. Um, we're also in New Orleans. Um, we're looking at doing some things in the New York area as well. We've gone up there a couple times to kind of see who we can connect with. And we actually have a, a few ambassadors that we're developing out there. And we bring a financial literacy program into those different areas as well. And so uh, the moms typically tend to meet up together for, you know, lunches and play dates and things of that nature. Primarily, our focus is having the financial education present there. And who's conducting the financial education? Is it do you guys partnering with a local bank or financial uh, financial services firm, or do you have volunteers? Exactly. No, we we make sure we have experts on site, and so you know, there's there's quite a few things that we internally know about the financial sector, but we always rely on you know either real estate professionals that have been in the industry for a long time who also invest in real estate. Um, like one of one of our real estate companies that we really lean on is called Advantage Real Estate. It's out here in California with David Rosenfeld. And so we rely on companies such as the New York Life. We work with Bank of America. We work with different organizations such as that. And we just want to make sure that the, the content stays consistent and that the moms also, after they are at these events or at these informational uh, segues, that they also have support. And so we make sure that their support builds in so that they can open up a, a bank account or make sure that moms have life insurance. It's really key and important to us that moms have life insurance as well, even having life insurance on their children um, and making sure their kids have savings accounts and that their kids are aware of their banking statements. You know, we have the kids open up their mail, look at their banking statements, talk to their banker, you know, set up annual um, financial reviews. And these are the children doing that.
And so we want to make sure that we're not just only educating the mother, but we're also educating the children and teaching her how to also educate her children about finances and money. Yeah, I've said quite a few times on, on this show, the two things that determine how you were treated in this world are not taught in school, communication and financial literacy. Very yeah. true. Uh, unless it's an elective at most schools. But, you know, and, right. and the conversation is not being had in a lot of homes. And, and this is something that transcends your know, race. It, it truly is a socioeconomic thing, the way people who are in the know about money train and educate their kids. And it, it deeply impacts the way that your child goes through the world and has a relationship with money and how they manage your money. And the crazy thing is your child can ultimately end up in a career where they're making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars and completely mismanage it because no one showed them how. It happens every day. You're right. Trust me, I see it. I I absolutely see it. You hear people say, oh yeah, you're doing God's work. No, real talk. (laughs) You're doing God's work. Oh, thank you. So um, I see, you know, on your website, you know, you got football safety camps, uh, you got tennis camps. Um, you know, you talked about the financial literacy. Explain what you mean um, by child enrichment. So child enrichment would be something similar. So we do ice skating uh, events every winter. And so we'll sponsor, typically it's about 50 families. We sponsor them to go out to the ice skating ring and be able to engage with their mother or their father or grandmother, whoever brings them out there. We also do community events. So we'll do like uh, uh, events called like the big play date where, you know, you have maybe sometimes 5,000 families that are coming out. And so we'll have big play zones for them with, you know, people reading books to the kids, playing with the kids, interacting with the kids. Um, We'll also have our camping trip as a part of our child enrichment. And so it's anything where we don't, we're not talking about the the child being dropped off. It's more so like the mother and the child are interacting together. And then we're also bringing some type of enrichment to them, whether if it's through music or play or, you know, education or reading. And that's how we really like to make sure that the child is being exposed. I think, you know, myself being raised in a single parent household, sometimes it's just difficult to create experiences for your kids you know you're you're working you may be going to school at the same time I know my mom was and you know for a lot of my childhood and also trying to have your own extracurricular activity sometimes it's hard to also create extraordinary experiences for your kids that are memorable um, at least in the eyes of that parent and so we try to you know be that gap you know even if it's just four or five times a year we want to make some magical experiences, very memorable things that the child has an imprint on. So when a child goes through our programming, they're going to say, well, I got to go ice skating. I got to go camping. Things I, that know, they haven't normally done. Yeah, they haven't done. done. I, I learned how to shoot. I, I shot, I did archery. I, you know, I shot BB guns. I went fishing. I, you know, I, you know, I got to really have a full, yeah, I got to play tennis. I know how to play tennis. I played with UCLA tennis coaches and USC tennis coaches, you know, they're on college campuses at a very young age and, and being, you know, on the floor. The first time I went to a college campus, I was an adult, you know, so really just exposing a child and enriching their lives in many different ways. To be a thing, you know, or to achieve a thing, you have to be able to see a thing or conceive a thing. Like you, you have to know this out there and that it exists in order for you to be able to say, hey, I can possibly do that. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and it also through through this enrichment program, you're creating the bonding experience between that child and that and that parent or, or that Definitely. guardian. Yeah. Or that guardian, exactly. Right. Definitely. And and I love our organization as well because we mix the bag. So you're gonna have, you know, married couples that participate in our organization, people who don't have any children participate in our organization. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's nice to have that community vibe, that community feeling. So um, I'm going to ask you uh, to help me with one thing, right? Okay. You mentioned, um, and I see on your website, sharing the tools to make co-parenting relationships a success. Yes. Um, give me a tool. A tool. Yeah. Mm, I know, tons of now, them. I'm looking for a tool. Mm-hmm. That is specific towards men. 
right? Toward men. Mm -hmm. That's what I, 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 help me today. So if I'm, if I'm speaking to a single father mm-hmm. and he let's, I need a scenario or something. So, so, okay. So um, let me just, and, and we probably should do this. We define single okay. dads as a dad who spends a significant amount of time with his child. Not yes. that he just had a child, right? That was what used to be one of our opening statements, right? So before, you know, me and my child's mom went to court, um, we were already splitting my kid 15 days out of the month. He'd be with her 15 days, he'd be with me 15 days. So that's how we define single dads, right? Not that, you know, it's gotta be like that, down the line like that, but not, you know, you often hear, you know, people say, well, I take care of my kids because you cut the check, you know, or because, you know, uh, the state, you know, is garnishing your wages. We don't define that as a single father. I'm not saying that has to be the, you know, your definition, but that's just our definition. So, so like, frankly, the way we describe it is you business with your kids, whether, you know, you don't have as much time as the other co-parent, but you make the most of that time with your kid. You are actively involved in guiding that person to becoming a functional adult. You're not just throwing money at the rearing of this kid. Right. I got that. So taking myself as an example, right? Let's just okay. say that I felt like, I'm not saying I do feel like this, but let's well, just you probably say, do. You probably do. Let's just say I felt like, you know, I'm paying all the bills, I'm keeping him the majority of the time, and I'm not getting, you know, any help on the other side. You know, what advice would you offer me? What would you say to me if I was just saying, you know, I'm frustrated and I'm tired and I came to you one day or I called one day, God damn it, this happened again. What would you offer me? The first thing I would say is, is, is it true? Well, you're going to do that. Well, (laughs) from my perspective, it's true, but go ahead. Right. Right. And And is your perspective true? Right. So it's really kind of getting down to the actual facts of it and getting the emotion out of the way. So that's that would be my first contact is let's set the emotion aside. Let's get to the facts. And is it true that this is happening again and that she's not there and she's not supporting what it is that you need within the co-parenting relationship? And then my my second step would be is have you clearly identified what it is that you need? from her within the relationship and have you effectively communicated it? I'm writing that down. I'm writing (laughs) that down. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is that's universal. That's not even applicable to just men. Oh, of course not. Because exactly exactly what you just laid out is, you know, the, the basis of any conversation you're having when you're trying to di- resolve a dispute, you know, mm-hmm. no matter how dirty, warped, or cracked somebody's lens is, it shapes their perspective for the universe. So they come to you with it, and they come to you particularly with emotion and their viewpoint. It's like, okay, let's stop for a second. Let's deconstruct. What, right. What, what 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 are the facts of the situation, and how do we communicate around that to 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 bridge that gap? Right. And then my next step, if I was to go into a further conversation with it, my third step would be, what is it that is actually needed from the mother regarding the child? The child, not it, not what's your particular need. What does the child need? Right. Because sometimes when we talk about what we need adult to adult, we turn into the children. Right. And so if we can actually assess what is it that the child needs and express it to the mother in a way that she can receive it, right? So you also have to know who you plan with. You have to study your opponent. If you don't know who you're playing with, then you're not going to be able to effectively communicate what it is that you need and or what it is the child needs in that given moment, right? And so however she needs to be communicated with, assess that and then go from this is what is needed from the child and be very calm. You know, even if she gets hype, you stay calm. Somebody has to be calm because the calm person actually is controlling the boat. The person who's going crazy is not. 
they're about to jump off and drown themselves, right? And so you just stay calm and you guide the ship. And then you just stay focused on what is it that's best for the child. Most of the, most of the, the, the discourse and co-parenting relationship is that the parents are trying to fix each other. So if you wanted to fix each other, you should have stayed together, right? So you and I are not on the table any longer. All we're doing is something very abnormal. I'm having to communicate and talk to somebody that I really never want to see again. That's why we're not together, right? So that's on the table. That's the foundation of what's really so, right? It's abnormal to be, in a way, kind of forced to have a relationship with somebody that you don't want to have a relationship with. Which right? brings so that additional anger and resentment. Exactly. So because of the circumstances, it is what it is, right? To a certain level, it's like, okay, this is so. How do I keep this intact? The only way to really keep it intact is to take what you feel and what she feels off the table. It has to be what is best for the child. When you lead with that, everybody wins. And when the other person tries to go into what they are feeling or their emotion around it, you just deflate it again and go back to the child. And eventually they'll understand. It's like you're training the conversation. I'm training you on what this is really about. This is not about you and me. I don't really care what you think about me. You may not even like me. And that's okay too. Let's get back to the kids. I can remember saying that at times, even with my ex, let's stick to the kids. Because in the interim that I'm trying to tell him about himself, or he's trying to tell me about myself, we go on a railroad that leads to nowhere, which reminds us of why we're not together. Right. Right? You, you're not, you're not going to fix it. <laughs> it's, you're, it's, you're, you're less likely, and you know, we've, we've covered this a couple times on our show, it's, you know, divorce does not mean that your problems are gone. Divorce means your problems <laughs> live in another house and you're less likely to work on them. Like, you know, the, yes. you know, ultimately when we have, you know, our, our, our former partners on this show, my ex-wife will tell you the things that drove her nuts about me 10, 20 years ago are still the things that drive her nuts about me. And I'm less likely <laughs> to care because I'm like, yo, you ain't living here no more. I, I got other stuff to worry about, you know? The, the right. kids good, right? They good. Exactly. Are the kids good, right? right? And then, and then, as you as you get into the deeper parts of the relationship, like my ex husband and I just recently have been having more detailed conversations around my eldest son. He's going to be thirteen years old, right? And so their dad has certain things that he's developing him and preparing him for for life, right? And so that requires him to coach me on what is gonna be required of me as a mother and what my son needs as he grows into his manhood. And because I'm not a man, I have to lean on him more. And I even noticed I had resistance about it because I don't really want him telling me what to do. Like I'm present about that, right? But at the end of the day, I have to let my guard down because he knows way more about being a man than I do. And I respect who he is as a man. Right. And so that's just those are just like the true facts of it. So when I get to removing how I feel about something or my hang up about something and I get down to what is it that's really important, what's really on the table, it's really about the kids. That's the only reason why we're having these conversations. Right. And so that that's really how I would come at someone that was having an issue around around that particular topic, feeling like their need isn't being met. And, and just kind of deflating that and getting down to the facts and how to communicate it. Yeah, I will say that it, it, it's, it's admirable. It's amazing that you've come to this place. Sadly, most human beings, I'm not even gonna say women, I'm not even gonna say human beings as a whole do not do the level of introspection that it takes to get to that point. Like even where you said, you know, a couple of things you said. Firstly, your ex-husband is the head of the household as it pertains to co-parenting and raising these kids, these boys together. Absolutely. Right? You know, a lot of people aren't there. Or secondly, mm -hmm. stepping back and saying, you know what? 
My ex-husband has lived his life as a man. It probably takes a man to show men certain things and rear them as men. A lot of people Absolutely. are in a place to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people are not doing that introspection. You know, and, and arguably, this is you know, one of the things I say about even being and remaining single. If I'm putting in the level of introspection and work that it takes to get me to a certain place, why would I entertain somebody who's not doing the same thing? You know, definitely, I understand that. But when you look at now, you know, what was the term? Consciously uncoupling. And you know now co-parenting, <laughs> you know you got no choice but to deal with somebody who's not necessarily on the same page. So how do you get somebody to that place? I think that's the struggle. It it can it can be, and it and you know what? It could be a lifetime struggle. It re it really could be because you're talking about kids and grandkids and hopefully great grandkids. You know, if we're still kicking and, and breathing, right? And it, it could. It, and you, we haven't even gotten into you know uh, <laughs> daughter-in-laws and all you know all these other elements that you know the in-laws. I you know that's a whole nother dynamic. You know, right. so there's it's never going to stop being layered. It's, it's really just seeing, getting down to, you know, what's my peace? You know, how do I get to my own peace? You, you can't let a, a situation that you got into with your ex-husband or your ex-wife 20 years ago dictate your happiness for the rest of your life. You know, you, it, it doesn't deserve that much power. You know, it really just doesn't. And sometimes, you know, let people fix themselves. You know, you're not, in, again, we're not fixing anything. I think sometimes we think the other person's wrong or we got to show them and make them see our point of view and they need to understand what I got to say and they're going to hear this from me and I'm going to show them, I'm not going to talk to his ass for two weeks, you know, just all types of crazy stuff. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's wild because, you know, I have a friend who's an attorney and he, he once shared me a, a story where this couple was just having such a contentious divorce that the husband went to the wife and said, listen, whatever money you get out of me is what you get. That's fine. He said, I will throw an extra hundred grand on top of it if I don't have to hear your voice when it's not related to the children. And she refused yeah. it. Wow. She refused it because he had to hear her and he needed to know. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the need to be heard or the need to feel understood, you know, is destructive in certain, in certain circumstances. It, it definitely is. It definitely is. And again, like I was saying a little bit earlier, you have to know who you're playing with. Right. You know, who's your opponent? Is it worth you throwing your gems at a wall? Why don't you go and start those conversations with people who give a crap? Right. Why are you wasting time? You're wasting time. That person probably put that phone on mute and is it, they're in the kitchen making some tacos. They're not even listening to you. They're like, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, she on there talking again. Why, why are you calling us out? Stop. <laughs> you know, oh, he, he, I already know. Or, yeah, she, she <laughs> he talking again. Or, like, let me just hang up. Oh, yeah, I got a bad line. My reception went down. I mean... Nobody wants to hear all of that. And even though you can say it, it doesn't mean that someone's listening. They may hear you, but they're not listening. You're not causing a transformation. You're not going to cause a transformation until you transform internally yourself. You know, it, you, you can't expect something out of someone when you haven't done the work yourself. Right. And that's a, a lot of that is uh, I've learned so much from co-parenting with my ex and we we have our moments too. Everyone does. We're human, and that's another thing too. Giving yourself the grace to have a moment. So so I've been quiet for a while, right? Yeah, I'm, I've been peeping you. I've been peeping you. I know. Corner. I'm like, Yo, you, you, you still here? Because you fucked me up with that. <laughs> no, no. Because you fucked. You're being forced to communicate with someone that you really don't want to see anymore. Right? You fucked me up with that. Um, and then I was going to ask you, have you ever had a slip? Right? Because you know. Um, yeah, none of us are perfect at this, but um, you just acknowledge that, yeah, there are times 
when you know you fuck up. You know, it, oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, d- d- I would say that you know, the only reason why our co-parenting relationship is the way that it is, or just who I am as a human, right? Because who I am as a co-parent is also who I am as a human. Is I just really my peace is so important, and and when it comes to my ex-husband. I want him to be at peace because then my kids are at peace. I don't need to be the winner. I don't need to be right. You know, I don't really even try to live in a world of right or wrong. It's a waste of time. Who cares who's right and who's wrong if you're sitting there bitter and alone? You know, it doesn't make a difference. And so it's really about community. How do, my goal is I want to have a harmonious relationship with my family. I want my ex-husband to feel loved. I want my kids to feel loved. And I want to feel loved and supported across the board. I can't expect that out of him if I'm not giving it to him. If I'm just taking and causing him just, you know, ill will, why would he support me? You know, and so it's really just, it's just becoming more mature and, and really just learning yourself, becoming still. You know, it, it, it it's trial and error, though. I mean, there's definitely been times where he and I didn't talk for a week, maybe two, you know, and then we'll finally, you know, have a conversation or see each other at the baseball game or just give each other a hug and just, you know, really just make sure that we're good because we do care, but we just can't be together. <laughs> right. I, it, it, that's a great place to be. Like, I, All right. um, <laughs> are, are you still processing, David? You good? Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I know, yo, yo, David, yo. you're like moving all around. Yeah, yo, you, you knock, because David isn't usually as quiet, oh, so, so you so, knock him so, for a loop. So, Pepper Terry has had 13 years to work at this, right? Hello, right. you've been at it for a little while. We've right? been at it for a while. So, it's, we've been, we haven't been together for nine years now. Nine yeah. years, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a newbie. I'm three, I'm two years into this thing. So, yeah, you're you're still new. Mm-hmm. You're still new. All right. Yeah, you're you, still new. You're new, but you also, you know, you you have people in front of you who are like, yo, dude, like you you get to this point, but you got to work to get to that point. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you realize you also realize like, yo, there's work to be done here. Yeah. Like, even the dynamic between my ex and I, I told like people will see us together and they're like, oh my goodness, you guys are such a cute couple. We both like, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, we're not together. You know. And that's that's also dependent on when you see us because we have absolutely had periods where we go we've gone six months without any communication other than yo the I'm coming to drop the kids off or I'm coming to pick the kids up you know but it's it's that work in progress and that that you know developing that mindset of firstly you know. One of one of the older guys I, I I met during the course of my life used to always say to me, "Yo, Clark, you can be right or you can be effective. Which one do you want? Because you can absolutely stand your ground and you know stick your flag in the ground and say, "Yo, I'm right. Plant your flag on being right, and everybody around you suffers and is miserable for you being right. Or you could just go, "Yo, it really ain't worth it, man. Whatever, and and get your your goals achieved." You know, I think the other thing is realizing that because it's a work in progress, you will backslide. It's almost like being an addict. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, not everybody quits cold turkey and is sober from, from that point on. And one of my buddies who, you know, has been in a relationship, was married for 35 years and is recently going through a divorce. And he said, you know, you think about it. You say you do anything else successfully for 35 years and you're a master, you're to be commended. He said you do marriage for 35 years pretty well and decide that it's no longer for you and you're a quitter. He said it's one of those situations where you have to realize it's a back and forth and it's a constant work in progress. You know, just like sobriety just like internal and, and, and personal peace so yeah way of saying i'm digging what you're saying here never <laughs> no you, you know what i have so I, my two little boys have two totally different personalities right. and my little one 
my little one, if you ask him why he came to earth, he says it's to have fun. <laughs> and he is the blast of the day from the morning all the way through the night. And I really learned so much from, from that when he told me that. He said, I'm, I'm here to have fun. You know, and I'm like, you know what? Hell, we all here to have fun. You know, wasting time being upset and bitter and mean or, or angry about something that happened years ago or someone that's not even thinking about you anymore. It's like, move on. Be in control of your own happiness. No one else can make you happy. And I know we've heard those things before, but it's true. It's like really get down to like what makes you happy. If it's eating ice cream, taking a walk, you know, calling somebody on the phone, sending a little text message. It's like enjoy your life. We don't, it's too, it's too short. Nobody's got time for that. You know, and, and if sometimes there's a season where all we need to do is say, what time are you coming to get these kids? And I'm about to drop them off. If that brings you peace, then that's just where it is for that moment. And it absolutely did. <laughs> so, so listen, you've been at this for a little while, right? Um, and uh, it's probably time to wrap up. Uh, Nefertari, um, is there any closing thing you would like to say? Do you want to offer any advice to uh, male or female? Because you just gave me some. You want to talk any tools <laughs> that will make somebody else like me shut up? Go ahead. Oh, my goodness. No, I just want to say to everybody out there, you know, really just find your own peace. I know I keep, I've said that a couple times today, find your own peace. And sometimes if it's just being quiet or not always needing to be right, not always needing to prove something to somebody, you know, prove something to yourself, you know, be the peace in someone else's life, you know, stick to why you are having that relationship with that other person, which is co-parenting or parenting, and just enjoy your kids. Put that energy into your kids. You know, pour that extra 10% of anger and turn it into happiness into your kids. Show them something new. Go learn something together. Don't spend your time being wasted on being angry and bitter about someone who's not even thinking about you anymore. Amazing. Clark, you got anything? You know, Firstly, I want to commend you because it's a rare occasion where David sits there just, you know, just quiet. I ain't and mad. I ain't mad. I no, ain't mad. but that's it. I'm not even saying you mad. You, 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 I, I, because I've, I've got to know you over the time we're doing this. I know in your head you're building. She shut you're me like, up. Mm. Yeah, she shut me up. Okay. You're like, you no, she gave, she, she gave me one, she gave you one to grow on. So, that, okay. so that's amazing. Secondly, please take an opportunity to tell people where they can find you and to plug you know, your amazing organization. Oh, thank you. You can find me personally at uh, Nefertiri Plessy. I'm on Instagram. You can also find us at Single Moms Planet across the board on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And our website is singlemomsplanet.org. Please sign up for our newsletter. Make sure you join the organization. I would love to connect with you, whether if you're a mom or a dad. Um, you know, we're all a community, you know, we really just love on each other and I'm always here to support. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank all you. Right. All right. Be good. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So ladies, gentlemen, and consenting adults, thank you again for joining us for an episode of Single Dad, Why You Mad? We truly appreciate you listening in. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Make sure to like, subscribe, tell a friend. David, you got anything to say to close us out? Single dad, why you mad?